He's Howard Eibach, a former copywriter and creative director and the author of two books on the creative brief. And he's Henry Gomez, an ad agency strategist with over 26 years of experience. Together, we're the Brief Brothers. We love talking about creative briefs, briefing, and advertising. We're back, Henry. Today, we're going to do another examination of a creative brief, a real creative brief, with just a slight uh, twist to it, because the two briefs we're going to look at today are written, were written by the same student. This young woman wrote these briefs in 2013, thereabouts. She has gone on to become a full-time strategist, and I think she's done quite well. I reached out to her on LinkedIn, and she did admit to having written these briefs. One she wrote on her own, the, the second she wrote in collaboration with a, a fellow student. And they're both really interesting briefs. One is for Zippo Lighters, the other is for the Humane Society. So I'm going to do a screen share for our, our viewers. And we're going to start with the Zippo brief. So I guess we can all see this. I'm going to read it kind of quickly so that we can all get a sense for it. And then I'll, we'll, we'll, make a, we'll create a link so that others can look at it. So it's one page, this is the whole brief. And I think right off the bat, you get a sense, this writer isn't full of herself. She knows that she's got to get her point across. So it's just one, two, three, four, six questions, basically. Why are we advertising? To make smokers trash their disposable lighter for a Zippo. What's happening in the industry? Disposables dominate the lighter market and BIC dominates disposables. Who are we talking to? Target is men 18 to 34 who feel that they, they can do something dangerous and live to tell the tale. They have too many that one time scars to count. They may spend their winters as ski bums and summers as river rats. If they work a nine to five, they break the daily grind by getting wasted at a rock concert. They can tell you the albums that got them through high school because music punctuates their lives. They'll tell you they don't give a fuck what people think, but they know they're cool and they would like to keep it that way. What do they think? Dude, I never leave the house without my ladder in my back pocket. I usually just buy disposables because I don't really think about it, but Zippos are fucking cool. Sure, I like that windproof shit or whatever, but really it's just classy. My grandpa used one and Nam said it saved his life from the Charlie. I'm tired of all this cheap shit we buy. Plus, it would be so smooth to light a chick sig with a Zippo. Can we finish this outside? I need a smoke. What do we want them to take away? Cool is not disposable. Cool is Zippo and Zippo is indispensable. Tone, this brief. Support, plastic is fake. Zippo's case is made of steel. The, the lifetime guarantee really means till death do you part. Zippo was beloved by the icons of cool from Frank Sinatra to Eric Clapton and Sid Barrett. There you go, one page. Henry, the brief writer, what do you think? I think this is a really good student brief. Um, so one of the things we talked a little bit uh, before we hit record, as we always do, and, and one of the things that, that I thought that we should mention is how we would evaluate a student brief versus a professional yes. brief. And so for a student, you know, you can expect that a student isn't going to have that much professional experience, duh, because they're students, but they're also not going to have that much life experience. So um what i'm looking for is is it is there brevity is a brief in reality and this absolutely in this case the second is is it coherent does it ladder up to an argument that's made in the single-minded proposition um is and 
is there things that are extraneous that don't need to be there um, that um, don't lead to the single-minded proposition or the overall thrust of the brief, which I don't see here. I see like this is a really well put together, well argued uh, brief. And and so and then the third is is it inspiring? You know, like is there it did and did I did I learn something as perhaps not the target as not as a creative not being the target audience that I learned about the target audience that I that I hadn't thought about before? Is it insightful in that sense? So this is a, a really good student brief in all of those respects. Now there are little things that I could quibble with if I were the instructor. I would give feedback and say, great job. Um, this is an A, in my opinion. Um, but an A plus would be, for example, um, where it says the what do they think? In a lot of cases and in some brief formats, it makes sense to show like a what are they thinking now versus what do we want them to think after we see in the end. And here it's kind of melded together into one thing right like he's saying i never leave the house without my lighter in my back pocket i usually just buy disposables because i don't really think about it period that's what they're thinking that's their current behavior then we want to get into like after they see the advertising how are they going to think and then you know there you could go right into but zippos are zippos are fucking cool uh sure i like that windproof shit but it's it's really classy and you can leave it just like that. You know, there's some of the other uh, stuff that's really evocative here that maybe could go into the target description, right? Like about my grandfather and mom and all that, like that, that, that stuff. So a little bit of, and what I tell brief writers when I'm uh, teaching is a lot of times you have the right stuff in the brief. It might be in the wrong bucket, like in the wrong, answering the wrong question. So some of this stuff could be cut, copied and cut and pasted into other sections of the brief. But overall, the sentiment here is, and the second thing, and I don't know if she electively chose this brand or if she was assigned the brand, but to me, it's interesting, the selection of the brand. You and I talk about real brands. Like this is a company that's been around a long time, still in business. They sell a very specific product. It's not a product that's in vogue, right? Like, not, not you know, by a long shot. Smoking, smoking uh, 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 accessories are not like a you know a highly valued in society kind of thing, but they have a product to sell, and there's people that buy them. So I, I really like that. I like the choice of, of the brand, and then you know the the what we call. The single-minded proposition, which is here just a consumer takeaway, as she describes it, is cool is not disposable. I would have left it right there. I, yeah. I, I would have left it right there, um, not even use the Zippo name there. Like that idea, if we use that headline test that I learned from you, Howard, um, cool is not disposable. I could see that being a headline, you know, the Marlboro man lighting up a smoke on the range and it says cool is not disposable. And he's using a Zippo, right? Like an engraved, uh, you know, Western style Zippo or whatever it is. Um, so I think we see three different thoughts there. It's not single-minded. There's, you know, there's the idea cool is not disposable. Cool is Zippo and Zippo is indispensable of the three. The one I like the best is cool is not disposable. Although Zippo is indispensable 
also has an interesting play and it could be an interesting headline. Um, but I just like the idea. And rather, instead of it, she could have written it, disposable is not cool. But I don't think that's as cool as cool is not disposable. So well said. I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm really liking it. The one thing she kind of copped out on the tone. Um, I think she could have described her tone that she used in the brief and really come up with an evocative way. And I think we talked about we're going to come do an episode coming up about tone and creative briefs, because I think it's probably an underutilized thing. We've, we've talked about it before, but I think it deserves its own episode. Yeah, underutilized and probably overlooked. I think it's kind of, there's a lot of assumptions about the tone that we just, ah, oh, you know, it's just, we know what the tone is. Just grab it from the from the, the style guide. Well, I, I think your assessment of the brief, Henry, is astute and well-spoken. And I'm at pains to add or, or disagree with it. I, I'm going to just add to it. What I also liked about this, and let me just come right out and say that I've used this brief in my workshop training because there's a lot to speak in its favor. I think first and foremost, this young woman uh, exudes confidence in this brief. She feels very comfortable that she knows the brand. She feels very, it, 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 it exudes confidence in its knowledge and understanding and empathy for the customer. The other thing I like about the brief is the fact that it's not trying to reach Gen Z, right? It's, the, we know exactly who we're talking to. In fact, I often get questions from marketers who look at this brief and say, yeah, well, aren't there any women who would like the, the Zippo? And I said, probably, but it's not written for women. They decided to make this an ad for young men. So, and that was, and so, that was true for other briefs that we've, what we've looked at. So that's a great, that's a great point. And, and I'm going to interrupt you there. Um, I think that one of the, that this is one of the, the traps, right. That clients often succumb to is trying to market to everybody. Yep. So yes, there are women who might buy a Zippo at a lighter if they were exposed to the advertising created from this brief. My argument to that client who says, what about the women is the women who would be attracted to a Zippo lighter are probably attracted to it for the same reason the guys that are attracted to it are. So feminizing the Zippo lighter probably would be a turnoff to those women who would naturally be attracted to it. I, I have this discussion with my clients at Ford. When we're talking about women who buy pickup trucks, the reason they're attracted to pickup trucks is the same reason that the men that are attracted to pickup trucks are attracted <laughs> to. So if we feminize the truck, we're actually not only hurting ourselves with, with men, we're also hurting ourselves with those women that like the masculine nature of pickup trucks. So right. to me, it's really important to be true to the who is the majority of the target and then understanding that we're probably going to attract some people on the periphery of that who maybe aren't men, um, but have a lot of the same attitudes that, you know, have those too many uh, that one time scars on them, which I love the language, by the way, I, I didn't mention the, the target description is really evocative. Like you kind of get the idea of who this person is. He's a risk taker. He's a smoker for shit's sake. You know, in today's day and age, if you're choosing to smoke, you're kind of a rebel. Um, you know, you're doing something that's not good for you. And you know what? It's a free country and it's 
you, it's your body and your life to do what you want with it. And so this is acknowledging that these are people are free spirits. They're kind of devil may care. And that's what this target description gets at. Yeah. And I think that also speaks to the young woman who wrote this brief, um, her, her not, not only her confidence as a writer, but her, her ability to really dig down and figure out who I'm talking to. And it speaks well of her, you know, in addition, because she's gone on to uh, almost 10 years after graduating from whatever program that she was studying in to become a successful strategist. So you can see the beginnings of her skill in this brief, and it's it's commendable. I agree with you that the single-minded proposition should have just been the first four words and stop. It is not single-minded, but it's it's not a deal breaker. Yeah. Um, and the, and we, I agree with you on the tone. She could have gone deeper on that. But what I like to say when I use this document is, as a training tool, I ask my, the brief writers who, are, who take the workshop, do you know your audience this well? And they almost all say, no, we just don't. Because they're accustomed to doing bullet points. You know, household income, age group, education, and that's about it. They can't draw a word picture the way this young woman did. And the other thing that they they marvel at is just they got to the point. Yep. It's everything is right here. I don't need anything more. Now there are certain things that people who write briefs expect to see on a brief that are not here. There's no marketing objective. There's no budget. There's no timeline. There's no deliverables. None of these things that you would normally see, or at least some people expect to see on a brief, are not there. And when I when when they say. But Howard, what, why aren't these things there? I turn it around and I say, you tell me, why do you suppose these things are not there? And it's not just this brief. All the really good briefs that I use skip this kind of stuff. Why is this stuff not there? And finally, someone says, well, creatives don't need that information to do that's, their thinking. That, that is, that, you know, that's the getting back to the nutshell of the genesis of the podcast, right? Like the creative brief is for creatives. Yes. For them to ideate. It's not a, uh, a, a form that needs to be filled out to start a project. Like that's right. not the purpose of it. Um, it's not a catch-all. It's not supposed to have everything in it. It's supposed to be a form that, a, a document that inspires the work for the campaign um, down an approved strategy um, for, the, for the brand. So I, okay. I, I agree with you. I, you know, I, I think, we we've talked this one to death, but we have another brief for <laughs> yeah. We have another one. This is the Humane Society, and it's written by the same young woman. Although she she told me when I reached out to her that, and I could be I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure she told me that this brief she wrote with uh, a colleague. She had a writing partner uh, to to do this one. Let me read it for you. It's the it's a, the Humane Society. Why are we advertising to encourage pet adoption? by debunking the negative stereotypes of humane society animals. Who are we talking to? Practical pet seekers. So this is a segment. Are young parents who are actively seeking a pet for the very first time, but have not decided where from. They search for information and will take, and will, and will take time to weigh their options. Aware of pet overpopulation, they consider adoption a possibility, but are unsure if it is right for them. They're looking for a healthy, reliable companion that the family can bond over. They aren't looking for a charity case and are wary of adoption because of the negative perception they have of shelter animals. What do we know about them? 
I know adoption is saving a life, but I'm not sure if it's something my life can accommodate. I don't know what has happened to shelter animals or if I can trust them around my children. Pet adoption is a good thing to do, but this is a new member of the family and I'm not in a position to be a bleeding heart anymore. What do we want them to take away? You can build a family around a humane society animal. Tone, positive, energetic. Support. Most animals are given up through no fault of their own, moving, allergies, finances. Most shelter animals come from with full histories. All animals at the Humane Society have received vaccines, spaying, neutering procedures, and health tests. Creative sparks. My husband and I both had a dog growing up, and it is an experience we wanted to share with our children. Getting a dog is just part of starting a family. We got our dog from the shelter, and it made our family feel whole. So, Henry, your take on this brief. Again, I think this is a really polished for a, for a student brief. Um, it, it gets states the, the problem right away, and then it gets um, into the target description that we understand. So this specifically their parents, right? So there's a child. And when you have a child in the house, kind of your priorities in life are are different right and and it kind of gets there at the end and uh what do we know about them where it says i'm not in a position to be a bleeding heart anymore so like i can't bring a dog that i'm taking a chance on biting my child or something like that right like that's it it speaks to the priorities that these people have and why they might be risk averse to getting an animal from a shelter as opposed to like a puppy mill right like where you're getting a purebred cocker spaniel who's never never had been exposed to like anything negative who you know you're whatever like the point is she she gets deep into the psychology of this decision and what why the hesitancy of getting a shelter pet is there um and makes like i said it you know evaluating a brief is like it makes a cogent argument right mm -hmm. and it builds up to that single-minded proposition which it's not as sexy as the one from zippo but i think it's yeah. just as effective it's you can build a family around a humane society animal that's pretty evocative right like mm -hmm. you can build a family like first of all it's reassuring it's saying this is what you can do. Like a, you don't have to worry. Like a humane society animal can be the bedrock of, of your family and something that everybody gets enjoyment out of. Um, the other evocative sentence that that um, that uh, really popped out at me was, um, uh, wh where was it that they didn't want to? They aren't looking for a charity case, mm -hmm. right? Like that's an evocative sentence. Like we've all seen the pictures of the senior dog with one eye who's been in the shelter for two years, then nobody. And there's a, that dog is right for a specific type of person, a mother Teresa type of person. This brief is saying that's not our target. Our target is like more every day. Like people are like, they feel bad for that dog with the one eye but right. they're never going to bring that dog into their home to be with their two-year-old child. Right. Um, so I like that, that it specifically pointed that out. So I, I think the support is very, is very strong, especially the second bullet point where it says most shelter animals come with full histories. Like that might be like disabusing people of the idea. Like 
this is a roll of the dice. It's a roulette. Like, I have no idea what happened to this animal before. I got it. Um, so that puts you a little bit more at ease. Again, the reassurance. This brief is about, the other brief was about cool and you wanting to do something cool. This brief is about reassuring you and it's written in a reassuring way. So I, I really think it's it's a, a, a really well done uh, brief. And like I said, it's not as sexy as single-minded proposition, but the job here wasn't to be sexy. You said something in a previous episode and a couple of things and a couple of other conversations we've had. You've said this a number of times. You said, if I can't write an inspiring brief, I want to make sure that it's clear. I think this is a great example of, okay, that single-minded proposition isn't as sexy or provocative as the Zippo, but it's clear. Any creative, and I'm a creative, I'm looking at this brief, and that's the question I always ask. Can you work with this? Can you start coming up with ideas? And the answer is yes, of course you can. The same with the Zippo. Now, one question that we talked about before we started recording that I want to address here because I think it's important, and that is one of the things that's missing in both of these briefs that there's nothing here that says, why should we care about, why should we choose this brand? Why should we care about Zippo? Why should we care about the Humane Society? As opposed and to competitors. Yeah, as opposed to competitors. And I find this to be true with a lot of the briefs that I use as a teaching tool because they are written for brands that are category leaders. Or if they're not category leaders, they are so well known that it's hard to name another brand. So that, that, that becomes the criteria here. Well, if you're not going to adopt from the Humane Society, who would you adopt from? And it's like, well, yeah, there's some others out there. And I know that there's some others out, but I can't name them. Yeah. If I'm not going to buy a Zippo and I'm not interested in a disposable, what are the options? Uh, I don't know. So the reasons that we don't see these kinds of why would I buy Zippo? Why would I choose Humane? It's the Humane Society on the Creative Brief. It's because the brand is so well ensconced in our in our consciousness that we don't that the the people who write the brief have confidence in the creatives to know what what needs to be done. And more more specifically, the competition that we're trying to steal from isn't the competition in our same segment, right? So right. the Humane Society isn't trying to steal from other uh, shelters. The Humane Society is trying to get people to get shelter pets as opposed to puppy mill pets right right uh, um the zippo lighter isn't competing with i don't know ronson or whatever might be another non-disposable they're competing with big the disposable that's why they don't mention ronson in the in the zippo brief it's because it's not about us versus ronson it's just about us versus big the humane society isn't about the humane society versus some other charity shelter um, the Black Lab Rescue. Um, it's about us versus the puppy mills. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think I think that that's the 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 difference here, and why I wouldn't take off points for not uh, no specifically calling like that they're doing like basically advertising for the segment. In this case, it's shelter animals, um, and the others it's for non disposable lighters. I came across a little tidbit on, link, on a LinkedIn post a few days, a week or two ago, uh, that cited a study trying to determine whether the brain, they did it, they attached some electrodes to a bunch of people and tested their, how their brains reacted when they looked at a brand new brand, like a brand they'd never heard of, versus looking at a brand that they were familiar with. And the assumption going into the test was the brain was going to fire off more often with a brand that they were familiar with than with a new brand. 
the exact opposite was the case because the brain already knew and was familiar with the existing brands. It didn't work as hard. And the scientists of the research concluded, well, no pun intended, but it was a no brainer because the, the brand was so well uh, built into our consciousness, we don't work as hard. So that's another reason why a brief that doesn't provide the reasons to believe in a brand um, isn't a faulty brief at all. It's simply because the brand, to quote our friend Byron Sharp, has uh, mental availability and doesn't need to be reminded. Yeah, I, so think it's, I think it's about strengthening existing memory structures as opposed yeah. to like a new brand has to do a lot more work to create new memory structures where an right. existing well-known brand um, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't it, you just have to reactivate those memory structures. So there's less friction around a, a well-known brand. Right. Um, the last what, thing, the last, yeah, go the ahead. last thing I would say about this brief that I really like are the creative sparks. Um, you don't really see that very often on a brief. And it's kind of a risky thing because creatives are saying, well, you know, hey, well, we got it here. We got it. But I like the fact that she took the risk and said, well, here's some quotes. I did some research and I came across some, some lines from people who actually uh, adopted a pet recently or in the past. And this might help you creatives to do your thinking. I liked it. I think it's a risk worth taking. Yeah, I, I do too. I think that, uh, you know, it should never be positioned as something they have to follow just something as a conversation starter. If we talk about the brief only being part of the briefing, right? That conversation that we're going to have after I present this to you as a creative is, you know, it's going to be include things like this anyway. So um, I agree with that. The, the last point I wanted to make uh, just in recapping the whole, both briefs is it's been my experience that when you see that it's pretty easy to detect in a student, someone who gets it. And I've seen like, I had, you know, I've been an advisor at the ad school at, in the portfolio, um, planners portfolio class and, and things like that. And I've seen later that you see the people that are, they all connected with me on LinkedIn and you see like the people that have really done well. And, you know, they're now, you know, student of mine 15 years ago is now a VP of strategy at a major New York agency. Like I saw it then and you can see it early on. And that's, you know, it's one of the fun things about teaching, right? It's like to see your, not that I take any credit for it, but like that I definitely <laughs> spotted the talent yeah. way, way back then. Definitely. I agree. hundred percent. So this, this young woman and whoever was helping her for this particular creative brief demonstrated a confidence and a, an assurance, a poise, um, a great writing style and a willingness and an eagerness to do the research, to dive in and really study and find out. I, I'm also um, intrigued by the, the segment that she identified practical pet seekers. It made me wonder if maybe there were additional segments that maybe the professor had pre-identified and maybe there was a choice to make to how to, how to write the brief. But it's, it's interesting that she, she just chose one. And I think that's also astute because to our point, we don't wanna be writing to everybody. You can't communicate in an ad to everybody. You have to be very focused. And this is a focused brief. So yeah, I, I'm mean, impressed. I mean, we, I, I mentioned like there might, and I'm making it up, but there might be another segment called Mother Teresa's, right? And that's a different, right. it, if we're advertising the Humane Society to a Mother Teresa, that's a different 
psychology than these practical pet seekers who she describes uh, so, so well. Um, right. You know, to me, the other thing about these two briefs is they're imminently readable, right? Like yeah. there's nothing here that's hard on the other. You're all like, like you're following along. You're nodding your head. You're understanding what's going on. It's, it's very readable. It's, it's no marketing jargon. It's everyday language. It's, it's easy not, to understand. It's, it's not dense. She tells a good story. You empathize with the target and you get started thinking about ideas. Well, I'll tell you something, Henry, I, we haven't announced the name and I'm not going to tell you who wrote this, I have reached out to her. I'm going to reach out to her again and, and tell her that we've, we've reviewed her, her briefs uh, on our episode. And maybe we can get her to come on and talk about the experience of these briefs and what she's doing now because she's a very talented brief writer. So let's, let's see, if we can get, see if we can get her. All right, Henry, good stuff. Good stuff, Howard. He's Henry Gomez. And he's Howard Eibach. And together we're the Brief Brothers. Till next time. Bye-bye.